We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Welcome to Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hi. We just had a very fun... Productive. Yes. It was productive for you. You got a lot done. I did. Very short time. I literally just got back from working a Girl Scout booth. But yeah, I was frantically like adding up how many cookies we sold and then counting the money and making sure that like everything was matchy matchy so that I wouldn't have an anxiety attack. So that is what I was doing while Maddie was regaling me on what's been going on with life. So, so many updates. And you get none of them, people. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we have talked about all the fun, productive things that we just did, I'm just going to jump us right into today's topic, which is the Thames torso murders. Oh no, torsos. Yeah. Like just torsos? We'll get into it. Oh no. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) People don't know that when we're recording right now, it's like 830 at night. So, sweet dreams. <laughs> I was just going to say, I didn't eat an edible before this either. I'm not prepared. Take some melatonin, you'll be fine. All of a sudden, I just dream of nothing but torsos. Great. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yep. All right. Information was pulled from the following sources. A 2021 My London article by Hannah Kane. 2016 University of Leicester blog post by Shane McCorristine. I don't know why I made that sound Irish, but there we go. A 2016 The Vintage News article by Tiana Radeska. 2008 casebook Jack the Ripper dissertation by Deborah Arif. 1889 The Daily Telegraph article. 1889 The Paul Mall Gazette article. 1889 Sunday Dispatch article. 1888 Lloyd's Weekly Newspaper article. 1887 The Sunday People article. 1884 Lloyd's Weekly Newspaper article. 1873, the Illustrated Police News article. 1873, the Observer article. Casebook, Jack the Ripper Dissertation by Gerard Spicer. Crime Investigation article, Wikipedia, and Whitechapel Jack article. So this was Jack the Ripper? It's not, actually. But some of the information is part of a Jack the Ripper-like website database thing. Oh, so that's why. I suppose I suppose it would make sense, like, just during that time that they would be like, hey, remember this guy? This also happened. And it Not could him. be this guy, but we don't know. So... We don't know. Meh. Great. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, 
or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. Picture this. I don't want to. (laughs) You are a policeman assigned to the, I'm imagining, unpopular early morning shift on the River Thames. Ooh, I bet the smell is really gross. Just the mist wafting off the River Thames. Yeah, because this is the 1800s, right? Yeah, the late 1800s, yeah. Oh, so like peak industrialization. Yeah. Just everything's rank. Yeah. Think Great Stink, but uh, just a little past the Great Stink. But modern. <laughs> but modern. <laughs> now we have smoke, too. <laughs> yeah. So it's just another day. Okay. Unless it was September 5th, 1873. Okay. That morning, a Thames policeman was rowing along the river when he spotted Mm -hmm. something in the mud near the Battersea Waterworks. Coming ashore to investigate, he made the horrifying discovery that what he was looking at was the left quarter of a woman's torso. Portion of her torso. It's like bottom or top or like just left. It just said left. Later that same day, off Brunswick Wharf, other officers found the right side of a woman's torso floating in the Thames. Like the full half or just another quarter? Yeah, like the (laughs) full half of her right side. The the trunk. The trunk of her body. Got it. Portions of lungs were also discovered at Old Battersea Bridge and near the Battersea Railway Pier. But those weren't even the most horrifying thing to be discovered. Okay. The following day, a woman's face and scalp, all in one attached piece, were found outside Limehouse. So like a face without the skull? Yeah, like they had just peeled it from the skull. Okay. (sighs) A couple days later, on September 8th, a right thigh was discovered in the Thames off Woolwich, and a right shoulder and partial arm were discovered off Greenwich. In something out of Frankenstein, the pieces were reassembled on a mechanical frame where they were examined by the police surgeon, Dr. Kempster. At an inquest on Monday, September 8th, Dr. Kempster made the following statements as noted in the September 13th, 1873 edition of the Illustrated Police News. And I am including his entire quote because this was like what he said at like the coroner's inquest. I didn't know that. The police had their own newspaper at the time. And it's illustrated. Yeah, it's illustrated. (laughs) It's got pictures in it. This is the newspaper where they would, like, draw a lot of the broadsides. So you would see, like, broadsides of, like, different murders and stuff. So that's... Was it, like, internal or was it just, like, a fun, gory... It was, like, a The Sun, kind of like a... Yeah, people could buy this, and it was just, like, the front cover would have, like, an illustration of some sort that had to do with a story inside the paper. I hate that. Quote, I am a physician and divisional surgeon of police, and on last Friday morning was called to go to Battersea Police Station. I went as soon as called, about half past ten, and was there shown the left side of the thorax of a female. The state of it was perfectly fresh and in my opinion, death had not occurred many hours. I should think she was probably about 40. There was none of the internal viscera whatever attached. It had been separated from the second and third spinal column, above and below from the pelvis. 
the bony structure. The ribs were out through at the back. Attempts had been made to separate it higher. The arm and shoulder had been separated by removing the clavicle and scapular. They had been divided with a knife and very fine saw. The whole of the vessels were empty. Permit me to state that the muscles were much retracted, indicating division immediately after death. That is, that the body was cut up immediately after death while warm. At half past two, I was shown the right portion, which had been separated from the trunk in precisely the same manner. Near the sternum, there was a large scar, probably the result of a burn in childhood. Also, there was a small mole on the right side of the neck. The body is that of a perfectly healthy woman. On Saturday, I was shown at Battersea the scalp of a face. The scalp had been divided by cutting it at the top of the head and then dragged off from behind. And in doing so, the tip of the nose, together with the lower part of the cartilage, was brought away. The nose had been cut off by a clean cut with a sharp knife. She had short hair, about two inches in length. The eyebrows were dark brown, the hair dark but very thin, so thin that you could see the scalp perfectly well through it. The portion of the nose was short, rather thick and round. The skin all over was coarse. There was hair on the upper lip. The appearance of the breast showed that she had been pregnant and probably had had a child, if not more. The appearance of the upper lip showed that she was a woman of mature age, probably about 40, not past the age of childbearing. On the right side of the temple, there was a large bruise infiltrated with blood, showing that the blow, as from a blunt instrument, had been given immediately before death. There were also three incisions on the scalp, one posterior and two anterior, contused incisions, evidently the result of blows given during life and immediately after death, end quote. That's horrific. Mm-hmm. That like they hit her on the head to probably stun her, three more blows to the head to kill her, mm-hmm. and then they just immediately started slicing her up. Yep. That to me is long pig-like behavior. Mm-hmm. Like that's something you would do to an animal Mm -hmm. that you want to eat. Just butchered. Jesus. As you can imagine, the case of the mutilated woman's discovery drew scores of people to the workhouse where her remains were being held to see if anyone could identify her. It's a sad and sobering thought to imagine that there were so many middle-aged women missing in London at the time that no immediate identification of the victim could be made. And this was 15 years before Jack the Ripper would make his murderous debut in the Whitechapel area of London's East End in 1888. So this is before him. Yes. So this could have possibly been an inspiration to him. Possibly. Unfortunately, this would be just the first in a series of murders known as the Thames Torso Murders, the Thames Mysteries, and the Embankment Murders. Lots of lovely little names. Yeah, depending on the newspaper. We can't have the same name. Theories on who the perpetrator was were many, from a medical student dissection gone wrong to theories that she had been murdered by criminal lunatics that had escaped from Broadmoor, one of England's most notorious psychiatric hospitals. Oh yeah, just blame it on crazy people. We really love doing that. The fact of the matter was she had been expertly dissected. For example, the left half of her pelvis had been divided by cutting through the spine on the right side near the lower ribs, and a portion of her bladder was still attached. This indicates a level of skill that your average quote-unquote lunatic or a murderous bargeman would lack. Right. This is somebody who would have been like a butcher, a doctor, surgeon, somebody with Mm -hmm. precision. Like, I would immediately think organ theft, but 
how transplants probably weren't no commonplace during that time. So I, d- I don't know unless it was like some sort of messed up medicine practice. I don't know yeah. what they would use the organs for. Yeah. Meanwhile, more body parts continued to be discovered along the Thames west of London Bridge, including a left foot, a piece of the right arm, and two partial legs from the ankle to the knee. One older gentleman came to the workhouse to see if the mystery woman was perhaps his married daughter, who had been in a bad marriage and gone missing. He was shown the face of the victim, which was stretched over a butcher's block. Oh, God. He at first thought it was her but did not recognize the scar that was present on her breast, which they had said was like a childhood injury. And he was right. like, no. Which is good. That means yeah, his daughter wasn't butchered. But she's still missing. Mm-hmm. And potentially dead. Yeah. Photos were taken of the body, and all leads were thoroughly followed up on. A reward of 200 pounds, or 18,000 pounds today, was offered for information that would lead to a break or a criminal profile, and no one was ever able to claim it. That's crazy. Because people would have really tried. That would yeah. have been life-changing money, especially mm-hmm. in London, by mm-hmm. a workhouse. Yep. The hands and skull of the woman were never found, and it was believed by many that the poor soul was just one of the thousands of sex workers that worked in London. Probably. In the September 13th edition of the Illustrated Police News, the following lead was included. Quote, information was received on Tuesday by the police to which considerable importance is attached. It appears that on board a particular barge, the name of which is known, there was a woman whose husband, or paramour, was known to be of a very violent disposition. The man and woman worked the barge together. She was a dark, stout woman, about 40 years of age. She was frequently seen on board at work. The barge was at Battersea on Wednesday and discharged cargo, and on Thursday evening took in another cargo. She started on Friday morning, the morning on which the remains were found down the river. The barge was seen by a number of bargemen going down, but the woman was not seen on board, end quote. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. It could have been that woman. You would think that they would then try talking to the husband. Because if he's if they've seen them on the barge often, that would imply that they could see him again. Maybe. Think. Unless he did it, and then he ran away. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Finally, on September 21st, 1873, the body of the unidentified woman was laid to rest at Battersea Cemetery, without her face, as that was preserved at the workhouse by the medical officer. Sure. I mean, I understand it to a point, because you could... You'd still be semi-hopeful that you could identify the woman. But at that point, Mm -hmm. it's just sick curiosity, probably more than any use. Science, yeah. Yeah. It's possible that the killer used the woman's body as a perverse sort of puzzle for the police to find, the theory having merit considering her remains were scattered along different parts of the Thames. Yeah. It's believed that the same killer struck again the following year in June of 1874, when the decomposing remains of a woman, who happened to be missing her head, arms, and feet, was discovered floating in the Thames near Putney. It's entirely possible that even more victims were disposed of this same way, but their remains either weren't discovered before they traveled outside the city, they were ignored completely, or they were misidentified as belonging to an animal as it wasn't uncommon for animals to be dumped in the Thames along with other refuse. Yeah. I mean, depending on how it looked, if like the one, the initial one had mud caked on it, mm-hmm. 
So if you're not paying attention or you just don't care, you see something muddy and you're like, oh, it's probably just dead animal. Yep. You don't want to know. Because that yeah. it's also probably so commonplace that you're like, I don't see it. It won't happen to me. Yep. Although the bodies would start in the Thames, parts would be discovered in Raynham, Chelsea, and central mm-hmm. London. Things were quiet for about a decade before Tottenham Court Road and Bedford Square would become the scene of another gruesome discovery. In an article titled A London Mystery, it reports that two men a carman named Mr. Rawlinson and a sweeper named Mr. Threader had been on Tottenham Court Road on Thursday, October 23rd, to clear out a dustbin when they spotted a suspicious parcel. After taking it with them to the Great Northern Railway Yard, the railway workmen were horrified to discover that the parcel contained not a dead dog or cat, as had been assumed, but in fact a human skull with some flesh and lime attached to it, but no hair. Mm, so they tried to dissolve it. Yeah, use lime. To, yeah. The two men who made the initial discovery quickly returned to where they had found it and called for the police to investigate. Yeah. But why would you just pick up a box with a dead dog in it to start? Yeah, well, so I guess the Great Railway Yard was where a lot of the refuse was dumped. So they were mm-hmm. just bringing it with them to be thrown away. But they just happened to look at it before tossing it. And that's when they were like, oh, shit. And then put it back. I don't know. That's a bad day. That's a yeah, bad that's day. Yeah, that's a really bad day. <laughs> Earlier the same day, a gardener at Bedford Square discovered a parcel under some shrubs that contained a human arm covered in lime. In the article, it stated, quote, Chief Inspector Richard Williams and Inspector Hollis of the Police Department of the Great Northern Railway Company, on learning of these facts, made further examination and found other portions of a human body. The police of the division of Tottenham Court Road at once called in their divisional police surgeon, and the remains were removed to the St. Jill's Mortuary. On Friday, they were examined by a medical gentleman who, from the appearance of the hair, pronounced them to be those of an adult female. End quote. Of course. Upon examination of the remains, it was noted that the arm had that had been discovered had a tattoo, leading investigators to believe that the woman may have been a sex worker. Five days later, a human torso was found in another parcel by a police constable at 33 Fitzroy Square. For this second person, the remains of a torso, right arm, both feet, and the right forearm of a single person had been discovered and believed to belong to the same woman, who had been skillfully dissected. The woman's identity and that of the person with the missing skull remain a mystery. Really? To this Mm -hmm. day? Yep. Dismemberment murders continued to happen in London, with the next taking place between May and June of 1887. Dubbed the Raynham Mystery, An article was printed in the June 12th edition of The Sunday People and reads in part as follows, quote, The thigh of a woman has been found in the Thames off the temple stairs, which is supposed to be part of the body of which the lower half of the trunk was found on the 11th of last month off Raynham in Essex. This portion was wrapped in coarse sacking and tied with thick cord and had evidently been divided by someone expert in surgery. The covering of the parcel newly found is of the same description as the wrapping of the other part of the body, and the same minute surgical and anatomical knowledge is apparent in the dissection of both parts. On Wednesday evening on the foreshore of Battersea Park Pier was found a piece of coarse canvas tied with a string. 
On being opened, it was found to contain the thorax of a human body, supposed to be that of a woman, with the lungs and most of the dorsal vertebra, which later on, being examined by the police surgeons, were found to have been divided with a sharp instrument, but not in a very skillful manner. There is said to be reason to believe that the remains are a portion of whose trunk was found in the Thames off Raynham Ferry some weeks since, end quote. So the first section was skillfully cut, but then the other part of the wasn't. Yeah. So I wonder if it's something where, like, they started it, and then after a while they were like, God, I just need to get this cut up. Like, I just don't, I don't care as much anymore. Not that that makes to it me, better. It, but... it makes it seem like it's a... It's students, medical students, and it's different ones. One that was really good at it, or the instructor, and one that was not going to be a doctor. Like a two-person job. Yeah. To get it done quicker. Or even just to do it. Like, who's yeah. who's to say that there wasn't some messed up people that were going to do no harm as a career, quote-unquote, by doing harm to people that they believed weren't people? That wouldn't be missed. Yeah. Yep. The next victim was found between September 11th and October 17th, 1888. Dubbed the Whitehall Mystery, as the remains were discovered at Whitehall Place on the Victoria Embankment, the arm of a female body was found in the Thames off Pimlico, with the other found on September 28th on the side of the road. A month later, on October 2nd, the headless torso was found, wrapped in cloth and tied with string, in the vault of what would become Scotland Yard. So they were in the process of building Scotland Yard, and this torso was found in it. That's messed up. Yeah. That's the beginning of a movie. Yeah, for real. Yeah. The remains were discovered by a construction worker who noted that they appeared sometime after September 29th, as that was the last time the cellar had been visited by any members of the construction crew. So it would have been the only time that that would have been possible without them seeing somebody. Yes. The discovery was mentioned in the October 7th, 1888 edition of Lloyd's Weekly Newspaper. Quote, As yet, the police have not been able to trace the identity of the female whose mutilated trunk was found on the site of the new police headquarters on the Thames Embankment at Whitehall on Tuesday. The parts discovered at Whitehall have been lying in a disinfectant bath, but are now taken out to be dried and reduced as far as possible to the natural size and shape. It is understood that the hands and the fingers are of long and delicate construction on the right arm that was lately recovered. The police are searching in all directions for the missing portions of the body, namely the head, the lower part of the trunk, the left arm, the two legs, and feet. The head, of course, the authorities are most anxious to find, and the Thames will be closely watched and dragged." End quote. So they're almost trying to bait somebody to bring it out. Thomas Bond, who was the police surgeon, was able to match the previously discovered arm to the recently discovered torso. He determined that she was a woman aged 24 who belonged to the upper class due to her well-nourished body and nice skin. So that would have been quite the shock. Mm -hmm. It's sad that we care more about it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, God, she was she was young and, and delicate. And had beautiful skin. Mm -hmm. How, why would anybody murder her? Because she's a woman. <laughs> Dr. Charles A. Hebert, assistant surgeon for the police, also examined the body parts. In his report on the case, he noted the difficulties that investigators had generating a positive victim ID when it came to dismemberment cases, especially those that involved the victims being submerged in water. 
So she had been in water at some point, and that's why they were trying to dry her out so they could. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that when they were like, we need the body parts to look like they were. Yeah. Because, yeah, I imagine being in water for a long period of time, it would really distort. Yeah, it would bloat and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In his case reports, Charles noted that the perpetrator possessed the dissection skills of a butcher or a hunter with a knowledge of anatomy. The killer had used a tourniquet to stem blood flow, and the unfortunate woman's uterus had been removed, although the rest of her organs appeared to still be in place. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like that. So that to me, that to me makes it seem like they knew her at some point, mm-hmm. even yeah. just in passing. Like you don't want my ba- you don't want my baby. I'll take it. Take her uterus. The woman had been wearing a satin dress at the time she was killed, a dress that had been manufactured in Bradford. Portions of the dress were found amongst her remains, along with sections of the August twenty fourth edition of the Echo newspaper and parts of the Chronicle. Using this knowledge. It was determined that she had been dead around two months before her corpse had been discovered. Ooh, so that body, yeah. Yeah, And this was in September? This was in October. Okay, so potentially a little slowed down because hopefully the temperatures weren't super crazy. But yeah, it's a long time, two months. To be decomposing, yeah. Especially if Mm -hmm. part of it was in the water, if not all of that Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. A reporter later discovered the left leg of the body thanks to the use of a Spitzberger dog that he was able to rent from the police. (laughs) However, the rest of her remains were never found, and she was never identified. Shane McCorristine, who was a welcome postdoctoral fellow on the, quote, Harnessing the Power of the Criminal Corpse, end quote, project at Leicester, theorizes that it's entirely possible that three separate serial killers were honing their crafts in London between 1873 and 1888. Yeah, London was huge. It would make sense, just based on population, that this could be a ton of different people. It could be more than three. Yeah. It could be people working together. Mm Mm-hmm. Or separate. Rival murder gangs. Yeah. Dismemberment crimes continued after Jack the Ripper's killing spree in the fall of 1888. Mm -hmm. The next took place in June of 1889. On June 4th, a female torso had been discovered in the Thames, with more parts turning up the following week. The discovery was covered in the June 7th, 1889 edition of the Pall Mall Gazette as follows. Quote, further discoveries of parts of a woman's body were made in the Thames this morning, there being no doubt that these formed part of the body, fragments of which have been found during the past few days. A right foot and a portion of the leg below the knee were picked up this morning on the foreshore of the river near Wandsworth Bridge, Fulham. The remains were tied up in a piece of black and gray check tweed cloth bound round with string. Another piece of check fabric was wrapped round the flesh within the outer covering. The parcel was immediately taken to the local police, who communicated with the Criminal Investigation Department. End quote. Two days later, the Sunday Dispatch published another article on the case titled, quote, Another Thames Mystery, Supposed Murder of a Woman. End quote. Supposed murder. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure it was murder. Yep. Or at least mutilation. You could yeah. just say mutilation of a woman. <laughs> yeah. With confidence. <laughs> yep. The article is very long, so I'm just going to share some snapshots from it. I just kind of picked out key portions. 
Quote, early on Tuesday morning, and almost simultaneously, two packages containing portions of a woman's mutilated body were discovered on the foreshore of the rumor Thames at Horsley Down. They were horrified to discover that it contained the lower part of a woman's abdomen, cut in two pieces, which had apparently been in the water only a comparatively short time. The remains were rather loosely wrapped up in one leg of a pair of women's drawers, the band of the garment being used to fasten the parcel. Whilst this ghastly bundle was being examined, news was received that another portion of a woman's body had been picked up from the Surrey side of the river, just by Albert Bridge. In this case, the parcel contained the left leg and thigh of a woman who apparently in life was of good physical proportions. A careful examination of the contents of the bundle found at Horsley Down satisfied the doctors that they were portions of a body to which the leg discovered at Battersea belonged. This limb had been wrapped up in the corresponding half-piece of a pair of drawers to that used for enveloping the abdominal organs, and what is regarded as a valuable clue was furnished by the linen, which was marked L.E. Fisher. The woman had been dead only 24 hours and the body had been dissected somewhat roughly by a person who nevertheless must have had some knowledge of the joints of the human body. The woman was apparently about 25 years of age, 5 feet 6 inches in height, and supposed to be of fair complexion. Her skin was described as very fair, and her hair of a reddish hue. But the most important point in the report was that, just preceding, or at the time of her death, she had been delivered of a full-timed child, but had not previously been a mother, end quote. Oh, no. In a section of the article titled, quote, The Other Half of the Body Found, end quote, Dr. Kempster, who had been asked to oversee the case, examined the remains that had been dragged from the river near Vahal Bridge, confirming that they were the missing half of the trunk of the woman. In the June 11th edition of the London Times, they list the found remains as follows. Quote, Tuesday, left leg and thigh off Battersea, lower part of the abdomen at Horsley Down. Thursday, the liver near Nine Elms, upper part of the body in Battersea Park, neck and shoulders off Battersea. Friday, right foot and part of leg at Wandsworth, left leg and foot at Limehouse. Saturday, left arm and hand at Bankside, buttocks and pelvis off Battersea, right thigh at Chelsea Embankment, yesterday, right arm and hand at Bankside, end quote. So just kind of scattered all over the place. Yeah. In this case, unlike so many others, a clue was found to the woman's identity. The Metropolitan Police received a letter from Oxfordshire stating that it's believed that L.E. Fisher was a native of Oxford and that the description of the appearance of the unfortunate victim identically matched that of a young woman who had come to London to work for a good family. The head of the unfortunate woman was never found, but due to the portion of the garment they were able to find, a childhood scar on the victim's wrist, and the fact that the unfortunate woman had been eight months pregnant at the time of her death, all led to her being positively ID'd as Elizabeth Jackson. Elizabeth was from County Cork, Ireland, and had been a homeless sex worker in Soho at the time she had disappeared. The last torso murder I'll share with you today is known as the Pynchon Street Torso Murder. In the Wednesday, September 11th edition of the Daily Telegraph, they noted the, quote, horrible discovery in Whitechapel, end quote. Yeah, they're all bad. (laughs) Yeah. Quote, early yesterday morning, 
the mutilated and headless trunk of an unknown woman was discovered by a police constable in a railway arch opening upon Pynchon Street, Backchurch Lane, St. George's in the east. It was the body of a woman from which the head had been severed, the legs amputated, and the abdomen slashed with a knife. No blood oozed from it. Wherever the mutilation had taken place, it was not under the arch, for the limbs and the ground were dry. The arms hung down by the sides and were uninjured. The mutilated remains were taken in an ambulance to the St. George's Mortuary, where they were seen by Dr. Gordon Brown, surgeon to the city police, Dr. Hibbert, one of the Westminster Hospital surgeons, and by Mr. Clark. From external observation, it was agreed that the deceased had been a well-built woman, 5 foot 3 inches in height, and between 30 and 40 years of age. There were no marks to lead to identification, no ring marks detected. The medical Mm -hmm. opinion was that death had taken place four or five days ago and that the dissecting knife had been used by a left-handed person who possessed considerable anatomical knowledge as well as physical strength, end quote. Interesting. It's kind of cool that they could tell he was left-handed, you know? Police Constable William Pennett had been the one to discover the remains. Many wanted to tie the death to those of Jack the Ripper, given their location in Whitechapel. But Chief Mm -hmm. Inspector Swanson and Commissioner Monroe believed it more likely that they were tied to the Thames Torso murders that took place in Raynham, Chelsea, and the Whitehall mystery based on the modus operandi. Mm. Over the course of 16 years, six different torsos would be found in the greater London area, with only one of the victims being identified. That's crazy. And that's the Thames torso murders. This makes me never want to go near the Thames. Like, already, it seems gross, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know it's haunted. Oh, but like, so haunted. So, by, like, dead animals like, and people alike. So many things. Like, you, you think it, it probably haunts it. <laughs> this is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other fucked up stuff. Like, really, really fucked up stuff. He tore out her heart, tied it to a rope, and hung it on the wall. Fucking sharks ate Mark under the dinghy. After his dad dies, he fucking marries all his dad's oh, wives. Oh, yeah. He, like, marries all his stepmoms. <laughs> I'm your host, Ashley Love Richards. Find That So Fucked Up anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's fucked up. On that note, this month's podcast plug is the That's So Fucked Up podcast. Apt. Yes. Yeah. That's So Fucked Up host Ashley and a bevy of amazing co and guest hosts tell enthralling stories using comedy and thorough research to explore what inspires people to do the awful things they do. And we will have a link to her show in the show notes. Nice. And this week's listener question was submitted by Carrie Ann. Hey, Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann is the best. She sends us all the best questions. She really does. And she wants to know, out of all historic women you have done, is there any you would like to sit and talk to and get to know? So of all the ones that we've covered so far on the show. Tofana. Tofana. I'd want to hang out with her. I forget her first name. Julia. Julia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to pick her brain because I feel like, yes, she was a murderer, but there was kind of like a fucked up good intention behind it. More often than Mm -hmm. not, she was trying to get people out of bad situations in the only plausible way they knew how to get out of it. So I think it would be really interesting just to kind of talk to her and see 
what made her start, what motivated her to keep going, what kept her in that. Because she could have just done it like once or twice and never done it again. Mm-hmm. But she was like, no, I'm going to help all these women that are mm-hmm. dealing with a bunch of fucked up shit from their husbands. Yep. So I'd want to I'd want to talk to her. I, fe- I would feel probably very like not threatened by her. Mm-hmm. You know, how about you? I really would enjoy speaking to Shang-Chi. I was just going to say that. That would have been another... God, I would have been so intimidated by her, though. Yeah. So badass. Yeah. Like, I just... (laughs) I think she would be so cool to talk to Mm -hmm. if she didn't kill me. Right. Because... As long as you could... As long as you could speak to her safely. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's the caveat. Or she knew you weren't a threat. (laughs) Yeah. That's the caveat. I'm assuming I would get to talk to this person and they wouldn't have any desire to kill me while we were having a conversation. Right. So, right, yes. right. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like hearing more of her life story. The fact that she was one of the few pirates to actually live to old age mm-hmm. after having a family and running her own successful pirate campaign with like an she armada. She really kind of had it all. Yeah. Yeah. She, and She was able to do all of it. Like, I think it would be fascinating to talk to her. That's Mm -hmm. my answer. That's a good answer. On that note, what is something good you'd like to share this week, Maddie? Mm. Oh, you know what? Okay. I do know what I want to say. So this past Saturday was my 15-year diabetesiversary. It's already been 15 years. I suppose. I Mm. always forget that. Right after. It was shortly after my oldest was born. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 15 years with diabetes. So take that pancreas i don't need you 15 years not needing you jerk you can go drive a car somewhere else bitch yeah (laughs) now i have an adorably fuzzy golden retriever pancreas Mm -hmm. that i've had for seven solid years he's way better than the pancreas i grew myself screw that one gross he's the best boy he is the best he's the best pancreas i think i'll ever have true what about you what's something good So as I may or may not have mentioned on the podcast, I never, it's been a while, so I can't remember. It's become like a yearly tradition for myself, Alex from Weird Distractions, and Emily and Ashley from our previous joint venture of Mm -hmm. Pineapple Pizza to, you know, get together once a year and have like a girls weekend. Yeah. And the last couple times have been in Pennsylvania on one side or the other. And Mm -hmm. this year they are coming to us. They are coming to Minnesota. So I am very excited to plan the itinerary for when they Mm -hmm. come to visit. And it'll be their first time meeting you, which will be cool. Mm -hmm. They joked that I'll have to let you out of the closet so that they can meet you. (laughs) Because they don't believe you're a real person. I had no idea that that was a thing for like some people. They have that running joke that like because I don't do social media stuff, you like keep me in a closet somewhere. You're just a ventriloquist dummy. That's all you've been this whole time. <laughs> I'm just an AI bot. I actually am not a real person. So that'll be very exciting. As soon as I know flights, I'll have a better idea mm-hmm. of how I can divide our time. Should we shut her down? Let's shut her down. A great way to support the show, if you can't do so financially, is to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, Podcast Addict, or Audible. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, 
make sure to follow us on Twitter at Yield Crime Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. And there will be another sale on our Tee Public shop. I am very aware I haven't added new merchandise yet and that I haven't updated our <laughs> store. But I've been very busy and I will do it before the sale, which will be February 22nd through the 25th. So if you would yes. like to enjoy 35% off all of our merchandise and you've been waiting for a time to do so, your time has come. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. <laughs>